Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. I am the founder and director of Directional Bible Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is January the 17th, and we are going to continue our study through the book of Daniel. Uh, last time we were together, we got down to verse number 18 in the book of Daniel. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up. You can see here I have my notes. Uh, I'm using the King James text here on the left, and then here on the right is my notes. So uh, you can follow along with me, and uh, please remember that uh, all of these uh, messages are on my website. Uh, you can find all of the audio studies there. You can find the current Daniel studies that we're doing. Um, and then you can also see uh, some topical studies that I've done. Most recently, I did Is Water Bab Baptism for the Body of Christ? encourage you to take a look at that. And all those are the audio studies. And then, of course, the video studies are also there. And of course, all these right now are on YouTube. Uh, I am currently in the process of migrating everything over to Rumble. Um, also, uh, encourage you uh, to check out um, my new page on MeWe. Um, I've also established a ministry page there as well. So, love to see you uh, over there with us as well. So, all right. So, let's get back into Daniel. Uh, Daniel. Uh, chapter number 7. Last time, uh, we got down to verse number 18. And just for a little context, this is the interpretation of the vision that Daniel saw. Uh, this is Daniel's first vision, his own vision. He's not interpreting for somebody else. Uh, it's his vision. And uh, as we've already talked about, he saw these four beasts that came up. And each of these beasts, uh, just like the vision with Nebuchadnezzar in uh, chapter number two, have to do with the Gentile uh, world powers. Um, you remember we talked about that Egypt and Assyria was the first two world powers. But after them, and the ones that Daniel sees in his vision, the one that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his vision, was Babylon. And then the, the Medes and the Persians, the Persian Empire under Darius and Cyrus, and then came Alexander the Great. Uh, and then after Alexander the Great came the Roman Empire. And, of course, Daniel sees all the way down past that to the revived Roman Empire that we've talked about uh, that is yet future. And out of that revived Roman Empire will come the Antichrist. And, of course, comparing Scripture with Scripture between Daniel and the book of Revelation uh, is how we interpret that. So now here in verse number 15, And it came to pass, when I, even I, Daniel, had the vision and sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. Um, um, let's see. Am I, I'm, in, I'm in chapter 8. Let's go back to chapter 7. I was wondering why that was looking like that. And I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Now, so his dreams troubled him. Can you imagine being Daniel, or John, or Ezekiel, and seeing these things, to take in all of this information? I mean, it had to have been just, I mean, just exhausting. You remember we talked about last time how you can only describe the 
unknown in the known. They saw so many things that they didn't understand. Imagine, you know, Daniel uh, living in the times of the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians. Um, He had no idea uh, experientially about the Grecian Empire that would come or the Roman Empire that would come or the revived Roman Empire, let alone the Antichrist. And yet he is having to explain all of these visions that he's having, um, tremendous amounts of information. And then verse 16, and I came near unto one of them that stood by and I asked him of the truth of all of this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the thing. So now Daniel is getting an interpretation of his own dream. Um, in verse 17, these great beasts, which are four, four kings, which shall arise, Uh, out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So these beasts, the interpretation, are four kings that are going to arise, and we've talked about that. Uh, Babylon, Medes, Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans are going to rise, but the saints of the Most High will take the kingdom and possess the kingdom Now, I talked about this a little bit last time, how that when we talk about the saints, um, especially in the Old Testament, there there was no church. The church was hidden in Christ. It wasn't revealed until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. I contend that Paul was the first member of the church. I contend that the church, as we know it, the body of Christ, was not born in Acts chapter number 2. It was born with the conversion, not on in Acts chapter number 9 but the subsequent conversion of the Apostle Paul. Uh, He was the first into the body of Christ. Um, And we've talked about that in previous studies, and I encourage you to take a look at that. I challenge you to take a look at that and compare Scripture uh, with Scripture. But the word saints here in this verse, uh, there's no body of Christ in view here. Uh, This is talking about the Jews that are going to possess the kingdom. This is a spiritual, a physical kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. And even in the book of Acts, remember, not in the book of Acts, but in the New Testament, we talked about um, how that a lot of Paul's language, especially in the books that he penned during the Acts period, um, notice 1 Corinthians 1.1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ <clears throat> um, through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Um, Paul is obviously comparing and contrasting Jewish believers with Gentile believers at this point. Um. And obviously, he makes a distinction called to be saints with all that everywhere or every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There there obviously appears to be a a contrast there. Uh, Also in 2 Corinthians, um, look here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are in all of Achaia. Again, he seems to be drawing a line there. Ephesians, I think we see it again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and 
the faithful in Jesus Christ. Why would he not just say to all the saints that are at Ephesus? I think it's because he's addressing kingdom Jewish believers and he's addressing grace believers. So again, um, that's just something you can study, but uh, I've become pretty convinced of that. Uh, I'm not going to start a church on it, (laughs) Um, or I'm not going to be dogmatic about it, but it seems to me that Paul is making a distinction between uh, saints and grace believers. So, let's see, let's get back over here to our text. Daniel 7, 17. um, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. And understand, the kingdom is for the Jews. The kingdom is not for, and that's one of those things in the in the uh, the book, the commentary that I just published last Friday, and you can get that on Amazon Kindle, and I believe today or tomorrow it's going to come out in paperback. But all it is is looking at the 40 sessions that we did together as we worked our way through um, the book of Acts. Um the Jews expected a physical kingdom with a physical king. They were not looking for a spiritual kingdom with a spiritual king. They were looking, I mean, you know, in the Gospels it says, and they sudden, they expected the kingdom to suddenly appear. Uh, James and John's mother said, when you come into your kingdom, may my son sit on your right and your left. Woman, you don't know what you're asking. They expected a physical kingdom. And then, of course, we spin that today in the church and say, well, the church was born in the body, uh, was born in Acts chapter number two, and instead of a physical kingdom, now we have a spiritual kingdom. I contend that the body of Christ isn't looking for a kingdom. I'm not looking for a kingdom. I'm looking for a heavenly home. I'm looking for the rapture. Uh, when the Jew says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, on earth, and thy will be done. That will happen in a physical kingdom. The Jews are looking for a physical kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom has everything to, to do with the Jew. Uh, now, what aspect or what part will play in that, I'm not totally sure. But I do know that the promises to the Jews are earthly and physical, and that the promises to the church are heavenly and spiritual. Um, I mean, we again, we've been talking about that. Notice verse number 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. So even Daniel is drawn to this fourth beast, uh, this this beast that's diverse from all of the others, this beast that's exceedingly dreadful, uh, he wants to know. He's particularly interested in this fourth beast, and we know that this fourth beast uh, represents the Roman Empire. Um, and then he continues, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up and before whom three fell. And remember, we compared Scripture with Scripture, went into the book of Revelation, where it talks about how the Antichrist will come. He will subdue three of the ten, and out of the seventh he will become the eighth. So Daniel's looking at this. Even of that horn 
They had the eyes and the mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Uh, I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. And again, these saints here, the church is raptured out prior to the tribulation period. Um, So these saints, Daniel's 70th week, which commences with the signing of the covenant that we're going to get into in Daniel chapter number 9, has everything to do with the nation of Israel. They are the saints that the devil is going to make war with and prevail against them. Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Notice it says, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. Remember the 24 elders and the 24 thrones? Again, I I see no Gentile involved there. Now, if you go back and look at some of my previous writings and my work, yeah, you know, I saw, I just simply said Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, New Testament saints, including us. Uh, but I just, I don't see that as I rightly divide the Word of God now. This is all about the Jewish people. Is it any wonder the devil hates the Jews so much? Is it any, any wonder why anti-Semitism has been a problem throughout human history and even today is raising its ugly head again here in the West? Is it any wonder that the devil hates the Jewish people so much and he uses people to destroy them? If you look at the history of the Jewish nation, it has been one of persecution. Um, it's just sad. But it's because they are God's people. Now, I don't believe today, I mean, they are still the apple of God's eye. They are still, quote, God's chosen people. But he is, they are not in a chosen relationship with him at the moment because they rejected the kingdom. They, have been, they are in spiritual blindness. But one day, after the church is raptured, God will once again turn his attention back to the Jewish nation in Daniel uh, in Daniel's 70th week, which we'll talk about in Daniel 9. Then he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and tread it down, and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that will rise, and another shall rise after them, and he will diverse, he will be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Remember, we talked about that last time. This is referring to the Antichrist that will rise up out of the revived Roman Empire, which will be made up of ten kingdoms. He will subdue, conquer three of these kingdoms, and so that he can take control, and he himself will be the eighth kingdom. And we talked about that in the last study. And he will speak great words against the Most High, against God, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Again, those are the Jewish people. And think to change the times and the laws, and and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and a dividing of times. Um, uh, But the judgment shall sit And they will take away his dominion and consume and destroy it to the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. 
Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. So this is Daniel's interpretation of the dream, which we've already covered in detail. Interestingly, uh, verse 25, where it says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. And this is referring to the Antichrist. He will speak great words against the Most High, and he will wear out the saints of the Most High and change the times and the laws. Now, the Seventh-day Adventist... There's a billboard right now here in Lynchburg going up Campbell Avenue that quotes this verse. And they say that verse 25 was fulfilled when the Pope, uh, who was merely known as the Bishop of Rome at the time, changed worship from Saturday to Sunday. And that by worshiping on Sunday... It is the sign of the Antichrist and proof that one has taken the mark of the beast. Um, So again, they see this as past tense. They see that the Pope, when he changed the official day of worship from Saturday to Sunday, and I actually looked that up. Historically, this did happen after Constantine's edict in 321 AD under Sylvester I, who was then the bishop of Rome. Uh, This change from Saturday to Sunday was later confirmed at a council of bishops at the Council of Laodicea in 363. And it said Christians must not Judaize, but by resting on the Sabbath, meaning Saturday. And again, the the early Roman church was very anti-Semitic, hated the Jews. Um, So it says that the Christians must not act like Jews by resting on the Sabbath. Um, And they did change that. So the Seventh-day Adventists say that verse number 25 was fulfilled um, in 321 A.D., Uh, and that by worshiping on Sunday, uh, it is accepting the mark of the beast. Of course, I categorically (laughs) reject that. Uh, This is yet future. This is the Antichrist uh, that will come. Uh, So reject that part. So all of this interpretation here, uh, you know, we pretty much went over that while we were working our way through the first Uh, 15 verses of this chapter. It's all referring to the Antichrist who will speak against the Most High. Uh, But judgment will sit, and they will take away his dominion. And, of course, the Antichrist will be, and his false prophet, Revelation, will be cast into the lake of of fire. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven will be given to who? The saints, the Jewish people. Uh, That is the fulfillment of the Davidic, the Abrahamic covenants. Um, And all dominions will serve and obey him. This is speaking of the millennial reign of Christ. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, and my cogitations, they troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. So this is Daniel's dream. And, of course, it goes, it starts uh, during Daniel. 
uh, Babylon, Medes, Persians, Greeks, Romans, um, goes all the way down through. Understand that the the age of grace in which you and I live was not in view in the Old Testament. Um, prophecy like Daniel here was simply that there would be a a Babylonian kingdom. It'd be followed by a, Mede, a Persian kingdom. It'd be followed by a Grecian kingdom. It would be followed by a Roman kingdom. And then would come the time of tribulation and then God's kingdom. That's, you know, of course, that time of tribulation is the Antichrist. That's what they saw. That's what the prophecy saw. But, of course, it didn't happen that way. Because the Jews rejected their king and the kingdom. That's why we are living in this, this time of grace that began with the Apostle Paul and will end with the rapture of the church. And then things will go back to the way they are supposed to be. So we as the body of Christ are looking for the rapture of the church. I wish I had that... Um, that um, that picture, uh, I might try to pull it up here real quick, see if I can find it. Um, it would definitely be under Directional Bible Ministries. Let me see if I can find uh, that, that photo. Um, let's see. Ah, here we go. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pull this over. This is what was supposed to happen. Okay. Um, the, you know, Israel under the law, John the Baptist came preaching. Jesus came, he selected the 12. He went to the cross. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter number 2, Peter offered the kingdom. Stephen offered the kingdom. And they should have rolled, if the kingdom had been accepted, that should have rolled right into the time of the tribulation and the rise of the Antichrist, just as Daniel said here in Daniel chapter number 8. And then the Lord would have returned and would have established his kingdom on earth. That's what should have happened. <laughs> um, of course, that didn't, that's not what happened. Instead, um, <clears throat> hang on, my screen went blank. This is what happened. All of the prophets were looking forward to Christ. He chose 12, the Christ. He ascended. Peter preached the kingdom. Stephen preached the kingdom, and it was rejected. And then Paul came on the scene, and you and I are living in the time of grace. That will end with the rapture of the church. And then Daniel's 70th week will start and then go into the kingdom. That is what is supposed to have happened, but that's what did happen. And we have to understand that. Um, if you don't understand that, if you do not rightly divide the word of truth, it's not going to make sense, and it's going to contradict I mean, how many times have I heard, and 
I must admit, how many times have I even said, you got to repent, you got to be baptized to be saved. Repent and be baptized. But it's by faith. Well, if it's by faith, then why do I have to repent and be baptized? That's mixing kingdom gospel with grace gospel, which Galatians, Paul says, is no gospel. And that's what we've done. We're not rightly dividing the word of truth today. And it's causing a tremendous amount of confusion in the body of Christ. Um, Let's look at a few. I'm going to go about 30 minutes today. Look in chapter number 8. In the third year of the reign of the king Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. So now Daniel is going to have another vision. In this chapter, verses 1 through 14, we're going to see the dream. Chapters 15 through 25, we're going to see the interpretation of the dream. And then in verses 26 through 27, we're going to see Daniel's response to uh, the dream. Uh, so in the third year of the king Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even Daniel, that, that which appeared in me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam, and I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. Shushan was located, was the location of the Babylonian palace. And then verses 3 through 18. And I lifted mine eyes, and behold, there stood before the river a ram that had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. And I saw the ram push westward and northward and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, which he did according to his will, and became great. And as I was considering, behold, a he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth, and touched not the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between its eyes. And he came to the ram that had the two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran into him with the fury of his power." And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him. That's hatred. And he smote the ram, and he brake his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him to the ground and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. For it came up, for after it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. Now, if you've been following along with me right now, you should already be drawing some lines here. Um, you know, these four notable ones and this big heat goat that hit this other one. Um, I mean, your mind should immediately be going to um, all the visions that Daniel has already had and that Nebuchadnezzar has already had. He's he's obviously still dealing with the Gentile nations, um, Babylon, Medo, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And one of them came forth a little horn. Sounds familiar, right? The, 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 horn, the little horn that came out from among the ten, which waxed exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it was cast down, and it cast down some of the host of the stars of the ground and stamped upon them. So this, this vision is definitely going deeper. 
Um, Yet he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down, and a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced, and it prospered. And then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said, said, Unto that certain saint which spake, How long will the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Until two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass, when I, you and I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then behold, there stood before me the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near to me where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid, and I fell on my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at a time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me. And he set me upright. So in these verses, the vision is given. And notice in verse number 16, the angel Gabriel. Uh, notice in verse number 16, And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand. In the Bible, there's only three angels that are mentioned by name. Uh, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Gabriel, and when we look at him and his activities, he, he, he seems to be especially chosen as a messenger angel. Um, in Daniel 9.21, we're going to see him again. Um, and yet while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me even at the time of oblation. Uh, also in Luke 1.19 uh, he is the one that came to Mary. Uh, and the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel. Said unto him, I am Gabriel. Uh, stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. I'm saying that, but I'm going to look in the context here. Uh, children of Israel. And the angel said, Fear not, Zacharias. So this is when he's speaking to Zacharias in regards to Elizabeth uh, having John. So, and then in Luke one twenty six is when he goes to Mary. Uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent unto God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man. So in all of these, we see Gabriel being a messenger angel. And then Michael is different. Uh, we don't see Michael delivering messages. We see Michael um, as a warring angel. Um, in Daniel 10, 10 through 13, And behold, a hand touched me and set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hands. And he said unto me, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had thus spoken unto me, I stood trembling. And he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, 
from the first, first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God, your words were heard and I've come. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Obviously, this is referring to a demonic being. He withstood me 20 days, but Michael, one of the chief priests, came and helped me. So Michael delivered. Now, this angel speaking to Daniel, some people say maybe it was Gabriel too, and Gabriel needed Michael's help. But I, I think if it was Gabriel, we would have been told that. But, you know, I mean, that's what some people will speculate on. But either way, we see Michael coming to deliver this other angel. Um, also in Jude one nine, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring an accusation, a railing accusation, but said the Lord rebuke thee. So we see that Michael was present um, when Moses died. And when it was uh, the matter where Moses was going to be buried, Michael was there. Um, so we see Michael as a warring angel. Then we also see Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, uh, I always just say he was the music guy. Now, some will speculate that a third of the angels in heaven are messenger angels, or what, and then a third of the angels in heaven are warrior angels, and a third of the angels in heaven are in the choir. <laughs> the reason they say that, or they speculate that, is because, again, there's only three of them mentioned, and they seem to be in, in leadership. But also, when you get over into what happened with Lucifer when he was kicked out, in Isaiah 14.10, And they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy bowls. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? This is when Lucifer rebelled against God. How are you cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? This is when Lucifer rebelled against God. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, again, we see some of that language in the interpretation of the dream that Daniel received. Uh, you remember back up here, um, let's see, and it came to pass right here, uh, and it waxed great, even the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts of the stars to ground and stamped them, and he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and he was he was cast down to the earth. Um, so we see some of that language here, um, yet I believe this is past tense, and this is future tense. This is speaking of when the devil, Lucifer, was cast out of heaven in time past, and this is when the accuser of the brethren will be cast down one final time and judged uh, in the book of the Revelation. But notice the rest. <clears throat> I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. 
yet you will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee will narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble that did shake the kingdoms? Um, and again, we, um, we see in other texts that there was a third of the angels that was cast out of heaven with Lucifer. Why a third? Did just a third of them happen to side with Lucifer, or was Lucifer over a third of them? And, of course, the speculation would be, well, if Lucifer was over a third of them, then maybe a third of them were, you know, under Lucifer's leadership, which would lead us to believe maybe a third of them is under Michael's, a third of them is under Gabriel. But that's a lot of speculation because we just don't know uh, what any of that means. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation for the time appointed the end shall be. So Gabriel is projecting these prophecies all the way down to the time of the end. And if we understand the book of Daniel, a great part of it has to do with the Gentile age with very little regard for the Jew. Because all of these visions that Daniel, that Nebuchadnezzar, a great um, Gentile monarch, had, uh, his kingdom was replaced by another Gentile, uh, Cyrus and Darius, and which was replaced by another Gentile, um, Alexander, which was replaced by another Gentile kingdom, the Romans. Um, but what we're going to find in Daniel chapter number 9 is Daniel is going to say, Okay, I understand this, but what about us? What about your people? What about the Jews? What's going to happen to us? And Daniel's going to take a turn, and Daniel's going to receive vision in regard to what God is going to do specifically in regard to the Jew. And understand, and I'll close with this, Daniel's prophecies began around 600 B.C. with the birth of Babylon. And they go all the way to the end. That's Christ's second coming and his establishment on earth. For the time appointed means that God already has this thing worked out. For the time appointed, the end shall be. In other words, God does set dates. (laughs) God is a date setter, but not us. Uh, We can't set dates. We have no idea when the rapture is going to happen. We have... I mean, I believe we're in the falling away. I believe that we're closer than we've ever been. But I don't know when it's going to happen. But I do know when it does happen, these prophecies are going to unfold when we get into Daniel chapter number 9, dealing with Daniel's 70th week. And we're going to talk about that. But we've already seen these visions of Daniel in regards to the four kingdoms take place. Now we're looking forward to that revived kingdom that's going to come, um, to um, <clears throat> the Antichrist that will come. Could he be walking the earth today? Sure, he could be. Lord knows, it certainly seems like that, but I think most generations will have a time in their history when they feel that way, but we're not sure. Next time we get together, we'll get down into verse number 20, and we'll start to interpret the ram with the two horns 
and it says they are the kings of Media and Persia. We'll talk about that next time. Well, God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. I would encourage you, um, the uh, Revelation uh, commentary, not Revelation, <laughs> the Acts commentary is already up, and uh, I'd encourage you to take a look at that. That is on uh, Amazon. Um, right now, it's only in the Kindle edition. Um, it's The paperback version is waiting to be approved. Uh, and, of course, those monies will be used to support uh, this ministry. So, um, but God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Uh, and remember that God loves you and he wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.